This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 423, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 2nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 423. It's our Comic Reviews episode where we take a look at some of the selected releases from the week of Wednesday, November the 2nd. I'm battling a little bit of a cold and losing my voice rapidly, so this is going to be uh, pretty fast, even though we have a fair, fair number of comic books to actually talk about, but uh, my voice is keeping me from actually having a more well-rounded discussion. It's going to be a little bit faster paced. And I always say that, I know, but this time, for reals. <laughs> Uh, Avengers number one, first up, it's a, it's a part of the new launch for the Avengers as part of, I guess, the new Marvel now, whatever they want to call it. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, artwork by Mike Del Mundo. Um, this feels like a weird combination of differing styles. Um, cause Mike Del Mundo's take is very different from anything we had on the last volume of Avengers, but it's still Mark Wade writing it. So it feels very much like it's a continuation. It doesn't even need to be an issue, like a new issue number one. It feels like we're just continuing the story from the last volume. Obviously it's set after the events of Civil War, though we're not really sure what all those are yet and what the full ramifications are. Um, so we have a team of Avengers where it seems to be Nadia Pym, also known as the Wasp, uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor, Captain America, otherwise known as Sam Wilson, uh, adding in Hercules and Spider-Man, as well as already having a Vision, who was previously on the team. Um, I really like Mike Del Mundo's style. I like it here. It's just a little weird, um, just because it it doesn't quite jive with the overall feeling of the of the story by Mark Wade. Uh, there's a certain vibrancy to the script that feels like a more not more standard, but Mike Del Mundo's art is gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but it is of a, it's it's particular. Um, it's different. It has a different vibe to it. It's not a bad thing in any way. Um, I just don't know if it quite fits what this Avengers book could have been. Um, I, I like the issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to give it maybe a seven out of ten. I just wasn't sure if the melding of the two different styles between Mark uh, Mike Del Mundo and um, Mark Wade was necessarily the right fit. Um, I like the story. I actually thought the story was great. I like this kind of new concept. Whenever anyone has like a Kang or a Mortis story or a combination thereof, it can be interesting, but also somewhat problematic sometimes, but I actually really dug it here. Um, the use of, of uh, Peter Parker kind of being very presumptuous, and I guess these are all Avengers who don't know who he actually is, and being like, I'm going to bankroll the Avengers now, and I'm the new Tony Stark. I don't know. It really graded on me, uh, but the rest of the issue I, I thought was really solid. Now, the art, I liked it. I just wasn't quite sure if it was the best fit for this particular story, uh, which is a long way away from saying I didn't like it. Just I don't know if it quite fit this t- the general sense and tone. Uh, next up is Batman number 10, which is part of I Am Suicide Part 2, as it's Batman versus an army in Santa Prisca. Um, I don't know. I mean, I liked it because it was fast-paced and it felt very single-minded in the way that Batman was written. I just didn't necessarily think it all made sense or all worked. Um, and now they're you know, kind of breaking in. Um, I, just, I wasn't quite sure if it all worked for me. Um, it felt very cinematic, very much single-minded, just like the characters that inhabit the issue. I just wasn't quite sure. And Batman going up against an army sounds cooler than maybe it actually is. Um, the art by Mikhail Yanin felt like it had a very different sensibility here. At times, um, some of the way that he drew Batman's face almost reminded, in the earlier half of the story, reminded me of Mikhail, uh, not Mikhail Yanin, um, uh, and I can't remember, 
There's a few artists that you kind of reminded me of. And then there was a kind of a Guillaume March kind of look to it. Oh, Fraser Irving, I think. And there was a Guillaume March kind of feel to the artwork later. Um, it didn't feel as much like Yannon's artwork that I'm accustomed to. Um, the script by Tom King was fast-paced. I just wasn't necessarily sure if I always knew exactly what was happening. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. It just it missed a few marks. It just didn't quite land I think, uh, the way I think it should have. Or that it was meant to, I should say. Uh, next up is Champions number two. This was great. Fantastic issue. Written by Mark Wade. Artwork by Humberto Ramos. It has so much energy and style. This feels like the real flagship book right now. Um, the characters are just really easy to, to, to enjoy and bond with and really um, you know, get attached to. I like that you know Hulk jumps up in the air and it takes forever to come back. I thought it was really cool. Um, the ending with Amadeus Cho and, uh, and Viv making out. I don't know why. I love this. This was great. Like It just felt like it's a second issue. He slowed it down and said, let's talk about who these characters actually are, why they're going to be able to function together. Um, it's a great kind of, you know, if this is your second issue, that's okay. Like It doesn't matter. Um, they explain who everyone's powers are in a way that actually made sense because it's a team getting to know each other. I really dug this. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Fantastic read. Mark Wade is killing it. And Humberto Ramos' artwork is so well suited to younger characters. I don't know why it just works. He has a certain vibrancy in his art. Um, it's very animated and it really works for how these characters are being written. Uh, next up is green lanterns. Number 10, which is the phantom lantern lantern part one. Um, this, I really, really enjoyed. Um, the last issue was great setting up this, this new character. Um, and here we really got to see more of, of him as he actually ends up wielding the phantom ring. Um, extremely well done, crazy, like crazy cool kind of fun concept written by Sam Humphreys, artwork by Eduardo Pensica. Um, the script was strong. The artwork was fantastic. Um, this was, you know, a real joy to read. Um, the, as the Phantom Lantern is kind of figuring out how to use his abilities, um, his cool kind of oath was really neat. Um, the idea that he can kind of, you know, tap into whatever rings he needs. It was a really cool concept as well. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Um, I think this is probably the most jazzed I've been about the Green Lanterns books in a while. Um, I actually kind of like the, uh, the team-ups between Jessica Cruz and Sam and Baz, and then seeing them here and seeing them deal with the Phantom Ring. Really cool stuff. And last issue was such a great uh, exploration of who this Phantom, the character who ends up wielding the Phantom Ring is like, and it was just, it was extremely good. It was some of the best Green Lantern ish, Green Lantern, like anything granted Green Lanterns that I've read in a while. Um, really, really solid stuff. This issue and last. Uh, next up is Spider Man 2099, issue number 17. Uh, artwork by Will Sleeney, artwork, sorry, written by Peter David. Uh, we're back in the, you know, current uh, continuity. Very interesting stuff uh, with Miguel and uh, Captain America. Um, really kind of interested to see where they're going from here and how it's all going to be developed. Um, really strong stuff with the, you know, the fist and everything. Um, I like that we're finally getting back to come to the core idea of the story before um, Peter David went and had his crazy jaunt in the future, which was okay, but just felt like this series, and I'm going to go back for a minute to the last volume, has felt like it's kind of had its run its own course, and then it kind of jumped and did something with a crossover, and then something with another crossover, and it feels like it never quite quite gets a chance to settle down and, and tell the story it actually wants to tell. So this feels like we're finally getting back to the core story that uh, Peter David was originally telling. Uh, next up is the... Oh, I'm so sad about this. The last issue of Spidey, issue number 12. 
I actually really like this book. I was so skeptical when it started, and now I've become one of its biggest supporters. It's written by Robbie Thompson, artwork by Nathan Stockman. I think his artwork is fantastic. Um, a, a great kind of prom sensibility. We have Gwen and Peter having a kiss. It reminded me of some of the sentimentality of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, as well as the spectacular Spider-Man TV series. Uh, Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six was really cool. Um, and I, I, again, this I just felt like this was this is how you write Spider-Man. This is how you make young Spider-Man work. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to give this a nine out of ten as well. I really dug this. The last few issues, especially, I think the last six or seven or eight, like I don't even know. But the, I, the first issue or two, I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I just totally turned a corner. It was such a fun, uh, lighthearted book that felt like it was really engaging itself in telling uh, vibrant Spider-Man stories. Uh, I guess he's a teenager who cares. It almost didn't matter. Like It was just so full of vim, vigor, and excitement. And I really dug it. Uh, next up is Superman number 10. Man, I love this. This is great. Um, this is written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Um, the art is by, I believe, Patrick Gleason as well. Let me just double check because I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. Um, yeah, it's In the Name of the Father, Part 1, World's Smallest by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason with Patrick Gleason on pencils. Um, this was great. It's a fantastic, you know, kind of melding, uh, bringing together of the two super kids before they have their own book that's coming out sometime next year. As we have Robin and John, who are very different characters, as well as obviously their dads are very different characters as well. Um, really not getting along necessarily, but having an interesting kind of interaction. Damien kind of being a dick. Uh, abducting John, Superman really not liking that, but it leads to some really good character stuff, which is what Tomasi's always been great at, and him and Gleason are really doing a great job in this book since it's launched. I can't believe it's already at its 10th issue. I mean, obviously, this is what happens when you double ship. Um, this has been an absolute joy since it started. I'm such a huge fan of having this adult's I'm going to call him adult, and that sounds stupid, but obviously the other version of Superman we had in the New 52 was adult as well, but this one feels like a much more mature, and maybe that's the proper word. It's a more mature version of Superman. He's a father. He's a husband. Um, he's a guy who's been around the block, and he's just got this this sense of warmth and kindness to him, as well as also being overprotective of his son to a degree. Um, this was great. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And last but definitely not least is The Unworthy Thor, issue number one. This is written by Jason Aaron, of course, who's the current uh, mastermind of all things Thor. Artwork by Olivier Coipel. This is an absolutely gorgeous book. Um, we see a lot of, you know, the Thor dealing with the fact that he's unworthy and what that means to him. And then getting these visions of this other hammer, uh, meeting up with Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill offering up his hammer, uh, which is Stormbreaker. Um, very cool stuff. I'm really excited to see where they go with this. Um, Jason Aaron just killing it, and I'm not even surprised. Like, this is just what Jason Aaron does on Thor. He just kills it. Um, so the books I did not get a chance to read this past week uh, included Aquaman, Cyborg, uh, Death of Hawkman, Flintstones, Green Arrow, Harley Quinn, Justice League, Midnighter and Apollo, and Apollo uh, Nightwing, Unfollow, Rom, a new issue of Southern Bastards as it returns, uh, Deadpool Mercs for Money, Death of X, uh, Fool Killer, Moon Knight, Occupy Avengers, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Woman, which I started reading, and it's amazing so far, but I haven't finished it yet, and Rough Riders number 7 from Aftershock. Um, actually, I should have a conversation with Pat Olaf coming up in the next few days, and he's the artist on Rough Riders, so I'm really excited about that. That should be coming up in hmm, probably around the 11th or 12th of November. Um, our previously scheduled episode with Eric Larson is going to have a bit of a... 
uh, postponement might not be until early 2017. Uh, our schedules just haven't quite jived, but uh, we're, we're still working on it. Hope to have him on the show sometime next year. Uh, we have upcoming episodes with Fred Ben Lente, John Ostrander, so we still have a, uh, plenty of good material coming up in the in the uh, couple months ahead. Uh, if we take a quick look and look at some of the highlights coming out uh, next week, and by next week I mean today, November the 9th, um, some of the highlights that will be coming out are Action Comics, All-Star Batman, uh, Deathstroke, Detective Comics, Flash, uh, Hal Jordan of the Green Lantern Corps, Red Hood and the Outlaws, New Superman, uh, Scooby Apocalypse, Supergirl, Superwoman, Wonder Woman, um, over from IDW, new issue of Donald Duck, um, over at Image, there's a new issue of Fuse, and Island, and No Mercy, and then over at Marvel, there's new issues of All New X-Men, there's the launch of the Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows book, uh, Avengers 1.1, which is part of the now um, uh, publishing initiative, there's Black Panther, World of Wakanda, number one, um, Let's see, we've got Clones Conspiracy number two, which is, the, I guess, the big one. Daredevil 13, Daredevil, uh, Deadpool Back in Black number three, Gwenpool number eight, the launch of Riri Williams as Invincible Iron Man and her in the titular, well, she's Ironheart, but the book, name of the book is Invincible Iron Man number one. A uh, new issue of Mosaic, Power Man and Iron Fist, um, Solo, Spider-Man Deadpool. Um, let's see what else. Uh, unbelievable Gwenpool has its first trade paperback called Believe It. Uh, Uncanny Avengers and Uncanny X-Men are some of the other releases, uh, as well as the second issue of Alters by Aftershock Entertainment as well. Um, so thanks for listening to this episode. Um, our next episode, as I mentioned, should be our conversation with Pat Olaf, unless we have a scheduling issue. Um, and then we'll be back with our next reviews episode next week with episode 425. Uh, it should be a good one. There's definitely some good releases coming out, so it should be an exciting one. So thanks again for listening to this episode, and you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. If you're not from Canada and you're putting an iTunes rating and review, please let me know, because otherwise I won't immediately be able to figure it out, because I have to switch to the U.S. version of iTunes to even see those ratings and reviews, and they're obviously very different from the Canadian one. Uh, so make sure to let me know. Just shoot me an email saying, hey, I sent you a rating review. Listen to it. Read it on the show. And I'll be like, of course I'll do that. Anyways, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.